Fuel, the podcast for fixing underperformance and evolving leadership within the automotive industry. Fuel is bringing you the latest in proven strategies and techniques that can take your service department to the next level. Hey, welcome to Fuel. My name's Alex Keith. I'm going to be your host. With me today, I got James Grogan. Say hey to the lovely people out there, James. Hey, appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. So, James, I got a pretty interesting topic I want to discuss with you today. It's it's talking about price, 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 price. You know, dealerships, stores, independent shops, everything out there. It's so hard to kind of tune into the right price for your market and the right price for your area. And some of the other stuff we talk about is, is how do you know if it's the right price? How do you know if it's exactly what you need to charge? Not just to be competitive in our markets, but to be profitable. You know, to be able to to progress our business and and to be able to move forward with with increasing our our profits overall, we think. So, would you call that perfect pricing? I think I would. I think, yeah, I think we should coin that phrase. <laughs> should coin the old perfect pricing phrase. Yeah, I, I think that's you know that's always going to be a challenge. How do I, you know, charge the most I can while being fair to the business? fair to my employees and fair to my clients, customers, right? So, you know, on, last time I checked, none of us are part of a nonprofit. So, you know, we're in business to make money, obviously, but within the same thing, we never want to overcharge. So, you know, how do we do that? I think that's definitely an interesting topic, definitely something I think that is a struggle for a lot of people because it is a moving target. Um, you know, just when you think you got it down, eh, the market shifts. Yeah, it just takes a quick kind of a turn. It, I, I would say a good word for when the market makes a shift or a turn, it starts to evolve with with kind of what's going on around it. So <clears throat> expanding off of that perfect pricing, how, how would we define that? So let's say perfect pricing to me would be the ability to charge the maximum that we could charge, but also have the least amount of negative impact to our customers, something that's fair but something that keeps us profitable, keeps us moving, evolving with the market, <clears throat> but does it, it's not any sticker shock. We're not, like you said, impacting our customers so far in a negative uh, value that they, they have to say decline the service or decline the job and move, move on somewhere else, especially now with all the internet and being able to just look up on Google and, and do some price shopping on certain things. Yeah. I, I think perfect pricing, you know, you hear quantity over quality or quality over quantity. And I think perfect pricing goes, why can't we have them both? <clears throat> right. Right. Why can't we have quality pricing with quantity of customers? And why, why do we have to choose one or the other? Right. And how, <clears throat> how do you start to find the sweet spot? Or how do you start to develop a, a way to be perfectly priced? But I, I would also say how to stay perfectly priced. I just do the, the one fix and we'll look at it a year from now. Like, how do we stay perfectly priced? What are some things that we can do? <clears throat> I'd say from a GM ownership level all the way to a service manager, even a lane manager. Yeah, I think, the, you know, <laughs> the biggest thing is, like you said, how do we stay perfectly priced? In other words, it's a consistent movement, right? It's yeah. not like you get there and then you're there forever. You know, I almost equate it to, you know, kind of anything you, you want to do, anything you strive for, right? Whether it's, you know, physical health, or learning a, a trade or a hobby or something like that. It's not like as soon as you get it, there's nothing else to do. There's nothing else to learn. Like, no, you have to keep growing. You have to keep going back to it. You have to keep reviewing it. Um, so I, you know, it's interesting you say from the GM level up, because 
I think a lot of times for a GM, it's, you know, it's a little daunting, especially sometimes going back into the fixed ops and going, you know, well, Hey, we need to tweak this. We need to tweak that because do we really know? Right. I think we rely on our service managers, you know, coming from my background, you know, it was sometimes going back into the service department going, you know, Hey, it's time to change our price. Well, you might as well throw a hand grenade in the pool and walk away, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's it's here we go again. You know, you you get the the standard. I guess we're not selling any more of those when we start yeah. to change our price. So, I, I think you know, like one of the methods that was always kind of used is that phone call method. You know, the phone tree, where you just kind of call around and you you kind of start to find out pricing on certain things. And you know, if you're not if you don't understand the impact that sometimes just being the same as other people in your area can have on your business because everybody's roughly different. It can really play out to, to what I like to think of a race to the bottom, right? Mm-hmm. So if it's a race to the bottom, then it's like, all right, what wh- wh- what is that? Like, what does that race to the bottom mean? Does it mean like, you know, we're just charging the cheapest price because everybody else is? Well, it, it could relate to effective labor rate. It could relate to labor gross profit. And, and things of that nature. So when we're talking about calling around, that's getting a reference point, in my opinion. Not just calling around getting prices, it's calling around getting a reference point for what we need to do to stay profitable within the market. You know, I, I think back to those old phone calls and, you know, you, why did we ever make those phone calls? I don't know. Right? I mean, how easy was yeah, it to pick did. it up? But but why was the reason we did it is because we had Mr. Jones or Mrs. Jones come in on their vehicle, right? The advisor tried to sell them something, right? And what did they say? Well, the guy down the street's only charging X. That's right. Right. So what happens? The advisor comes in and says, Hey, we're dude, we're overcharging the customer. Where we're the guy down the street, you know, he's he's doing alignment for 89 bucks and we're at 109. Well, so what's that first thing we do? Well, we just pick up the phone, we call him. Right. And it was always reactive. Yeah. It was yeah, never, it was very rarely proactive, right? And we would call that guy and go, <laughs> Well, he is charging eighty nine ninety nine. Okay, we need to reevaluate our price, and that, that goes right in line, like you said, with the race to the bottom. Well, if if that's Joe's garage and he's got two bays, and he's got five cars that he's working on that are also for sale, right? And he's got a four hour wait to do the alignment, and I'll call you when it gets done, and you know you got smudgy fingerprints on the steering wheel when he's done. You know, that does that really compete to what a dealer is doing, and does that 89, 95, or 59, or whatever alignment really compared to the 109 that's done on, you know, the brand new Hunter machine done by a certified technician. And so I always thought, I always thought the phone calls was kind of funny because we never just did them. It was always reaction. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, is when you, when you start to make those phone calls and you hear some of these prices, you're like, how can they charge that? Like, how can they charge that? And there's a lot of different factors that go into play with that. You know, one of the things that, you know, with your mystery shop that you get with Dynatron is is a huge look at people that you are trying to mystery shop that are down the street from you, but but also an understanding. So that doesn't seem like a realistic price, maybe. Or it just seems like, like, how can they charge that? And so a lot of times it comes into play, like understanding perfect price for us means that sometimes we may be one of the higher priced people in the area. And just because you're higher price doesn't mean that you don't have opportunity to sell. I mean, are you selling the value of that service? So you go back to the two-pay garage. Well, I mean, let's face it. I mean, I, I'm not 
dissing any independents out there, but there are some independents out there that are a little bit behind on their times. I mean, they've got that 1970s candy machine that may or may not have candy in it from the 1970s. Uh, some yeah. dealers that still have that too, so be <laughs> so, careful. It's, uh, it's, You've got it's the like, Mike and Ikes in the waiting area that, you know, somebody hasn't even – they haven't even stirred. I think they're just one large Mike and Ike now. So, <laughs> so it's, I mean, it's one of those things where you – you see some of this outdated to to an extent, some of this outdated where the dealership is trying to evolve. You know, they've got they have certain things they have to stand by by the franchise as well. So where, where the independent shop probably does a good job, we can promote more value, more oversight. And we've got a lot more things that we can offer to the customer as far as the customer experience. So I think that yeah. goes into perfect pricing as well. I, you, you know, know it, you just said something. And it resonates. And, you know, I know it's coming up on some future podcasts. So obviously click the subscribe button, subscribe button, be on the lookout. Shameless plug. Sorry, but it's coming up. But, you know, perfect pricing has a lot to do with value. And it's while it's perfect pricing, it is really all about value. And we'll talk more about how do we drive value uh, in the service in the service side of the dealership um, on our later episodes. I think it's episode nine or or eight, but, you know, really mystery shop, phone call, um, using the things that we have and the tools we have, you know, I think it still goes back to proactivity. Are we doing it to be proactive? Mm -hmm. Are we doing it because we got a bad survey? Are we doing it because somebody said no, because so-and-so's done it? Or are we consistently doing as part of a process to make sure we stay perfectly priced? Correct. It's a process. Should be, right? But I think like, just like anything else, right? How do we do it? You know, one, you know, and we'll talk about that. Um, and, you know, I think next episode, we're going to come up, we're going to get into some specifics, mm -hmm. you know, but one, how do we do it? Two, when we do it, when we are perfectly priced, how do we ensure that we're following that, right? So not only do we have a process in place on how to be perfect priced, but do we have a process in place to ensure that we're actually collecting that price? And I think that's where analytical technology has to be a must. We, you have to have an oversight process. You know, with the EBIS tool, we have our daily emails for compliance with pricing that we've set. But I think consistency and understanding, you know, when is, an a, when is a discount, when is an adjustment needed for that sale versus making it – is it always the thing we go to to make somebody happy? Why do we always have to throw money at the customer just to make them happy? Because that's just starts to perpetuate a mentality that, hey, he who screams the loudest always gets a discount to an extent. So I think, yeah. you know, analytical data is going to help you dial that in. So part of the perfect pricing process is, hey, you know, where your market's at by phone call the mystery shop. You know, you're still going to have that mentality. Be understanding your perfect price is saying, okay, profitability. What's the maximum I could charge here? So I can retain an effective labor rate, retain labor gross profit when I promote these sales, not just a race to the bottom, I think is the, the, the biggest things for establishing where you're at with perfect pricing. Now, compliance and oversight <clears throat> is going to be huge. Using technology or using methods to, to help understand and have those conversations with your people when they deviate, when they discount, does it make sense and why are we doing that? You know, there's a saying that that I've learned a long time ago, and I say it, and every time we talk about discounts, it rings in my head, and it says, where the absence of value, where there's an absence of value, price is the only concern. 
And, you know, when we're perfectly priced and we've done our phone calls, we've done our mystery shop, we used our analytical data and we're discounting, discounting not in the sense of we sent out a coupon to drive traffic, but discounting as in we are deliberately making an adjustment to a single item, right? Mm -hmm. How often is that because we just haven't built value, right? And if we're perfectly priced, that shouldn't be very often. Now, That's granted, right. our discounts, nature of the beast in the business, I think we all know that sometimes it are, right? Would I rather have X percent of something or 100% of nothing? Well, I'd rather have X percent of something. Right. But if we're priced perfectly and we're building value, we should be able to minimize those. I think the other biggest thing with, you know, being perfectly pricing is, you know, how often do you, are we doing it? Right? We have a process. We have oversight. Cool. Uh, how often should all that happen? Right. And, you know, there's some best practices out there. I think everybody looks at it a little different, but, you know, uh, I would kind of lean on, you know, your thoughts, Alex, on, you know, what do we see as kind of the best way to move forward where, okay, I am perfectly priced. You know, I've listened to the fuel podcast episode two, <laughs> three, and four, and I've implemented some stuff. Once again, shameless plug. Sorry about that. Uh, but, and I've implemented those processes for my repair and maintenance and discounting and all that. But how often should I, should I review that? <clears throat> well, I think, you know, we, we used to say annually or once a year. But as we see, things have sped up a lot over time, especially with technology convenience, things that we do for the customers. So I think what you a good process to be able to reevaluate your business is every four to six months. Every four to six months kind of gives you an idea of a trend. Are we, are we still in a good spot? You know, or do we need to make adjustments based on evolutions of the market? You know, if you could change your price two months and then take a look and two months, take a look at it and the whole market could be changed due to whatever evolution takes place, you know, as far as pricing parts, um, you know, things of that nature, just the overall, like what we saw with, with some of the inflation that we were dealing with. I mean, it's just a good time to, to start understanding what keeps us in that slot that we're retaining a good effective labor rate, retaining a good labor gross profit. And then establishing basically where those goals are as well. It's like, how do I know what a good labor gross profit is? How do I know what a good effective labor rate is? And that's where you can kind of get into the data a little bit more and, and, and start to discuss that. You know, I always played the 75 rule. That just kind of was the mentality we did. You know, you need to be above $75 in effective labor rate for most items. And then most items you are going to be definitely higher. And then you need to be around 75% labor gross profit or possibly higher, uh, depending on what the service is and what's given to you. So that's just some things that you take away from the process, but you need to reevaluate that every four to six months because, again, you know, we're doing our calls like once a quarter and you're looking at your daily reports, you're looking at your reporting for compliance to hold that process. But if it allows you to get a step behind, you know, we got to have a good process to say, hey, listen, we're going to look at this again on this date and we're going to reevaluate it. We look good. Great. Keep moving. If we don't look good and we need to make some adjustments, let's make those adjustments and set a timeline to implement those adjustments. Good stuff. So if so, if I'm hearing you right, perfect pricing, right? The the most we can charge a client that our market will bear without any impact to our clientele or client count. Well, I'd say the least amount of negative impact. Least anytime you change price, price, yeah. Anytime you change price, you're going to get some residual impact of somebody noticing or somebody upset about it or or somebody not wanting to push it uh, and things of that nature. I'd say with the least amount of negative okay. impact. And then you're saying that we should 
review that every four to six months. Yes. And then one tip is the rule of 75, right? Make sure your overall effective labor rate is over $75. Obviously, depending on market, please move that, right? If you're in some major metro areas and you know very well that your effective labor rate should be 120, please don't say the fuel guys told you 175 bucks. Yeah, we say it's a benchmark. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. an understanding. If we are hitting these two areas, why aren't we hitting those two areas? And then let's say you are at 75 or let's say you're above. Well, is that the maximum? Are you at the maximum? Are you doing the best that you can do with what you have? So that's going to be key. So price perfectly set your price. Make sure it's perfect using some analytical stuff, phone call, mystery shop, technology, maintain your compliance, uh, and then evaluate it every four to six months. Yep. It's simple. Okay. Yeah. Find, find, become perfect price, you know, monitor it, oversight, and then set a timeline to be able to review it every four to six months is a good place to start. So one last question, and because we kind of went over this, how long would that take somebody? So with the analytical tool and with a good coach that helps you walk through the tool, honestly, you could reevaluate your entire business within 10 to 15 minutes. Okay. So, so the I'm too busy excuse should never. No, we should be able to carve out 15 minutes of a window to be able to okay. sit down and navigate the tool, get the information in front of us and start making decisions, not thinking about it. Not, we may go to this. No, it's, this is a decision we're looking to go with. And this is why. Gotcha. So 1% of their time each month. Maybe. maybe. So that probably, so a third, a third of a percent of their time every quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A third. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, Hey, listen, we know we're, we're kind of getting to that time. We're going to wrap this episode up. James, as always, I, I appreciate you coming on. And, and for our listeners, you know, we really appreciate your feedback. You know, so hit the subscribe button. You know, we're going to have an email comment, uh, comment section down below. Feel free to send in your emails, make any comments. You know, today we went over that pricing optimization topic, clearly outlining a couple of things that we need to look at, you know, looking at, you know, what are we doing? How are we doing it? And how can we get better? You know, if you need to reach out, please, like I said, insert, you got the email down at the bottom and be listening for our next podcast. We're going to be talking about labor matrixing, you know, how to perform some expert tuning to better your business and what can labor matrixes do for you in your store, which one's the right one. So be sure to hit that like and follow and uh, be uh, looking for the uh, oncoming episodes of uh, the fuel podcast to drop. And, you know, like I said, James, join me next time. Yeah, I will come back, especially, you know, labor matrixes. Um, I always like that. It can get a little saucy. Um, you know, not everybody is a, a true believer. Um, so I think it always ha- is a great conversation uh, to talk about because there's a lot of money can be made. Yes. But got to have the right mindset. So I'm I'm excited for episode two. Um, I think we laid a great foundation of epi- in, in episode one for people to start to think about how this can impact their business. Um, I think next episode, we're going to give them some tools Absolutely. Um, to even start do that further and stuff. Yeah, start getting to the fun stuff. All right. We'll see you again. And again, I'm Alex Keith with Fuel Podcast. Talk to you soon.